Welcome to Elevate. I'm so happy you're here with me today and I cannot wait to share this episode with you. As an evidence-based coach, mentor, and entrepreneur, I'm obsessed with learning and personal development as it's transformed my entire life, as well as those I get to work with. And to be quite frank, it's literally the entire reason this podcast exists, to feel your growth, gain perspective, and acquire knowledge. So buckle up, friends. You're in for a treat. And as always, thank you for supporting me and the show so we can continue to elevate our own lives as well as those you share this with. Now, let's get into it. What's going on, friends? And welcome back to another episode of Elevate. So today, I'm super excited to bring on not only my good friend, Marissa, uh, but she's an incredible business owner. And she's somebody that I've had the opportunity to get to know and the privilege of knowing through my own journey that I know a lot of people struggle when they step into a different version of themselves on their path to grow. It can feel like you haven't propelled yourself to move forward enough to where you've immersed yourself in a demographic of people that are on the same page as you, but you've definitely outgrown the people of your past to the degree in which you're in this gap that feels very isolating and and lonely. And Marissa was one of the first people that I I connected with when I first launched my business. And I don't know that I, I would have mentally gotten through it the way that I did without her support. And I don't even know that she knows that. So um, she's she's been um, a really great support system for me. And I think, you know, today she'll be a great s- support system for all of you. Because while we work in coaching and we run businesses and we help people change their life, that doesn't mean that we also don't struggle by our own merit. And this last year, I've appreciated Marissa's vulnerability um, in sharing some of the things that she struggled with as a CEO, as a coach, as somebody in the health and fitness space, because there is a lot of pressure to look a certain way and act a certain way and operate a certain way and achieve certain things. And when that doesn't come to fruition, a lot of people can feel like they'll never make it. And so I wanted to bring her on today to talk a little bit about the last year for her and that internal struggle that she's had. But before we get into it and I continue to talk, uh, Marissa, (laughs) please take a moment to introduce yourself to the audience. Oh, man. Wow. Thank you. I did not know that. Like you said, I had no idea that it was like such a pivotal time for you. I just like had known of you for such a long time through like your bodybuilding days and had kind of like, I guess like coexisted in like similar spaces for a while. And then I saw you, you know, come into the business space and I was like, oh, Kate's here. And like, you've always been just like super intimidating at the same time. But I was like, (laughs) you know what? Like lean into it. Just like if you're intimidated, that means that, that she has something that you like can benefit from. Right. So, um, Very cool. Well, anyways, myself. Um, So I'm Marissa and I, wow, I like forgot who I am for a second. Um, I'm the owner of Permanent Change Coaching, which is my business, my baby. Um, Have owned and operated it or a version of it for seven and a half years now, Um, but officially rebranded and started growing as PCC roughly about two years ago too, like almost to the date. Um, So yeah, I feel like we've had very like similar business parallels. Um, Mm -hmm. but our mission as a whole is really working with, um, honestly a very specific population of women. So we do, we have really focused on the work from home population, just the specific struggles that come with being at your home office all day and sitting there and being tired and exhausted because hello, that's me. And, uh, also we've really focused in on, uh, the kind of millennial age range. So it's a lot of like pre and postnatal. It's a lot of um, just women in a similar age range to myself and our coaches, because we can really relate. And we've just dialed in like exactly how to help these women succeed in their fitness journey. And really it comes down to defeating perfectionism, defeating people pleasing, and kind of the toxic behaviors that we were once proud of and breaking them down in this area of our life so that we can be less perfect and more consistent and just lose weight, be healthy and find a permanent, as the name suggests, solution. So that's my elevator pitch. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I'm happy, done, nicely to, done. <laughs> happy to talk about anything, anything that I've struggled with because man, it has been it's been quite a couple years, if we're being totally honest. <laughs> yeah. So um I really like the first thing that you said. And I think just in general, the people that were most qualified to help are people who are like us a couple of yeah. years ago. 
right? So like even me, it's definitely like the warrior mentality of the female who's an entrepreneur and just a go-getter and has no mm-hmm. fucking chill. Like, you know, that's, it's, it's fun that we tend to pick demographics that really, really challenge us because we know what we didn't know. And now that we do know if we could go back and do it differently, we would have. Right. And so it's helping people prevent themselves from making the same, the same mistakes that we did and hopefully avoid some of the pain and suffering that inevitably comes with those pursuits. But as I, as I understand, and again, I want to really dive into what the, what the, I guess you have an awareness moment of things that you pursue that don't come to fruition and you're struggling to, to bridge the gap between what it is that you want and what it is that you're doing. And I know that a lot of people can relate to that. And one thing that I, I remember from your stories this year is like you were doing a cut and then you weren't doing a cut and then you were doing a cut and then you weren't <laughs> doing a cut. And it was like, what? And you came on and you said, I feel like I'm an imposter because I'm saying I'm going to do these things and yet I'm not actually doing them. So I know that you said it might've been a couple of years ago, but tell me a little bit about where this, maybe what, what stimulated this to, to coming and manifesting in your life? Yeah. Whew. So it's really like that, that intention action gap, like in behavior, right. Um, where I was like, I'm doing the thing and then I'm not, and I'm doing the thing and I'm not. So, I mean, what actually, how this came to fruition, I would honestly say, so like I have a bodybuilding background similar to you. I did that between 20, 15 and 2018, I guess you could count 2019. The last show was 2018. And then I was like, still kind of like in the headspace for another year after that, uh, before I kind of developed more of a lifestyle lens. And I would say like 2019, 2020, all the way up to now was when I really started to adopt the lifestyle lens of health and fitness. Like I'm definitely not the coach that I was back then, because when I started my business, I was like, you're going to hit these macros to a T and you're going to be super perfectionistic and you're going to go to the gym no matter what. Otherwise you're a failure because that's how I operated within myself. And I think, like you said, the business is kind of like always like a mirror of ourselves and where we're at in our personal journey. So I evolved from that to really learning how to start defeating the perfectionism and like be flexible, be adaptable and through 2019, probably through, I don't know, last year, like I was living that life. And I think in a way that really set a good example for like the people that I wanted to serve of like, Hey, you can go out to eat and enjoy these things and still reach your goals. And I wasn't not reaching goals. Like I was maintaining a relatively fit and athletic physique. Like I've never really in this whole time frame, I've never really gained an exorbitant amount of weight or been un- super unhappy with where I've been physically. Um, so I've, I've, the weight kind of fluctuated within like a 10 pound range, but overall I was fine and, um, living that message out. And then I think what it really came down to was the business started scaling and growing. I started wearing so many more hats than I was used to in 2021. And I felt like I was starting to lose a grip on like the amount of discipline that I needed as a business owner. So you said, you know, the gap between where I am right now and where I want to be and addressing that, I think it was like the identity shift. It was like, I'm becoming this business owner, this CEO, this leader of people. That's so much more than just like a coach that the bar raised. It went from, okay, you're just, you're just a coach. You could just live this lifestyle and chill to, okay, you now have this like higher identity. This person wakes up at 5 a.m. and takes a cold shower. This person works all day and still gets a workout. And this person is so disciplined. And that I think was a gap that raised the bar that made it harder for me to feel satisfied in what I was just doing to kind of like, you know, pass by exist. So I started fat loss phase after fat loss phase (laughs) after fat loss phase and would kind of begin and then not really commit to it in the first place or not just not follow through. And that just built up so much like self-resentment and frustration. I was like, I'm not following through on my commitments. I'm not following through on my commitments. And whether you realize it or not, you it, it bleeds into other areas of your life. 100%. And I, it wasn't enough to where like the business was burning down, but like it was just little things to where I wasn't treating myself with the respect that was necessary. And I could feel that it it bled into like 
the culture we had on the team and how excited people were about the change that we were making and um, just just little things. I can't really put my finger on any one specific aspect, but I was able to start turning it around. So like, as we talk about this, like it's still very much a work in progress. So like happy to go into any of that, but like, as I've turned it around, it's like the immediate ROI on like my team feeling inspired, our business doing better, my relationships being better, like all of the above has improved for me, like actually closing that gap a little bit more and following through. Um, so that's kind of the whole lowdown of the timeline. I don't know if yeah, I missed no, what you and asked. I, no, I, I appreciate that. I really do. And I, I, I love the, a couple of things that you said. So first, I, I think it's really important um, when we talk about coaching and coaching a very particular demographic, the reason that that's important is because bodybuilding, for example, is pretty black and white. It's like <laughs> you either check the box or you don't, right? And it's like you just figure out how to get it done. And some people will really gravitate towards that. However, when you're working with people who have a certain complexity of mind and a certain complexity of lifestyle, it's not that easy. And so it, to the degree in which you're talking about not only leading women of a similar demographic work from home, typically millennial in, in types, and I'm sure their temperament's a bit different, um, you also have to be the example that you want to set. And I think one of the things that you talked about was like, as your business was growing, you were wearing a lot of hats. And you had this vision of the higher self that you wanted to be. But I think one of the things that causes people a lot of stress through the pursuit of the manifestation of a better self is the story they're telling themselves around what is required in order for them to be that, right? So for example, if we break this down into fat loss, right? So well, if I want to be a healthier person, I have to work out six days a week. I have to be there at least an hour. I have to eat only organic health, healthy, no GMO certified foods. I must be vegan because meat's bad for you. And I can't eat Splenda because it will spike my blood sugar and glucose is a bad thing, right? And you can see the story and the narrative and how stressful that is when you realize if you trim the fat, it's like, you need to do a little bit more of this. You need to learn a little bit more about that. You need to enhance this skill to bridge you from here to here. And then you need to double down on these things. And so like, I say that to you because I've been there. Like we were talking about this a little bit earlier. It's like, if you can truly get clear on who you want to become and what that version of you looks like and how you need to bridge the gap between where you are, the things you need to remove from your plate, the things you need to replace that with as far as behaviors, day-to-day -day things, and find truly what works for you is the thing that will bring you peace and excitement because you will also reflect what it is you represent, right? So everything that you embody will trickle into your team, your business, your client experience, your social media, like all those, all those things. And so I'm curious if you noted that when you were in the pursuit of that, there was a certain story that you were telling yourself around what the things were that you should do or had to do in order to get there only to realize that maybe not all of those things were required of you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say the biggest one that comes to mind is like a morning routine. Like <laughs> I'm so anti that. So I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, I do have a morning routine, but it's not like, you know, this extensive, you know, three hour meditation and whatever bullshit it's, it's really, but the idea for a while was like, it's, you wake up, you do the cold shower, you, um, what else was there? You journal, you read 10 pages of this, and then you sit there and you meditate. And like, I, so that was something that caused a lot of friction, right? So like, I would literally be like, this is what I'm going to do this week. And then I would sit there and I would like, brave through the cold shower. I did that for like two years. That wasn't that bad. I actually kind of enjoyed it, but, um, but that was like 30 seconds. Right. So then, uh, you know, I would sit there and I would try to journal. I'd be like, journaling is stupid. I can't come up with what to write. So then I would feel like a failure for not doing that. And then I'd be like, all right, meditation. And I'd look at the clock and I'd be like, no way there's no time for meditation. So I'd skip it. And then I'd be frustrated with that too, because it's like, well, you can't even do something as simple as a five minute meditation. The, the narrative that was like building around that in the time that I was trying to do that was like, oh, like you can't even do this little thing. Right. So and much just, judgment. So much. judgment, yeah, And it makes the gap feel bigger when really it's like a didn't need to do that in the first place. Um, <laughs> really needed to shave off 
and get down to the stuff that is actually the most important. Um, so for me, that's like eat breakfast, start with some hydration and you should probably read the Bible and say a prayer and like maybe three things you're grateful for. Like that's what I do now and it works great. We're crushing it. That is an awesome morning routine for me. But it was that gap between like what I thought an entrepreneur, a CEO morning routine was to what it actually needed to be. But like, I didn't really get there until I realized like, not only is this not working, it's not because I'm the problem. It's because like, that was never the right thing for me in the first place, you know? Yeah, no. And I, I think that that principle carries over into so many things. It's like we can, Everything. one of the things that I, I taught on in one of the masterclasses I did was like, some of you guys are seeking out cylinder type solutions when you indeed are square. It's like, it doesn't matter how hard you try to pound that thing into there. You're never going to fit that mold. And so it's like, even for me, it was a lot of things of like, you should do that. And whenever I had the thought I should do something, I'm like, is that even useful in relation to where I want to go? Like, is that really necessary or am I telling myself that's necessary? And so like my ability to think through a lot of that stuff, luckily I avoided the cold plunges and the meditation <laughs> and all that stuff, right? Occasionally I think meditation is great. Um, and the same thing, I think journaling is great, but I like to do it at the end of the day instead of feeling I have to cram it into my morning. Because I'm yeah. somebody who likes to wake up and just like start the coffee machine and go. Yeah. Um, and I think it's finding systems that work for you in order for you to move forward. And even through trying stuff, it's like you wouldn't have known that that didn't work for you until you tried it. So sometimes you do have to fuck around and find out. It's like, oh, I tried that thing. And like, you know, I pursued it long enough to see if it would work. And relative to the feedback I'm getting from reality, it's obviously not working. And at some point it can be detrimental because your self-talk then diminished your own levels of confidence. And yep. that will bleed over into pretty much everything. Because if you don't feel confident in what you're doing or who you are or what you're capable of doing, like that energy is contagious. Um, so tell me once, was it, what was the thing that made you go, I got, it. this is not working for me. And then where did you pivot from there? Mm, what was the thing that, like all of it or just the morning routine? I mean, if there's more shit that you feel like you were struggling with, like elaborate, because I want to get the full picture of like, what were you trying to do that you thought were potential solutions? Because again, if we, most people that will listen to this are either other coaches, business owners, um, or clients or people that are trying to lose weight. So like a lot of them will yeah. be like, I tried Herbalife, detox, waist trainers, fat burners, fasting, keto. Like, so we try all these things. And again, I understand because you have to fuck around to find out that things don't work. Unfortunately, it can there's long-term consequences to short-term stupidity. <laughs> but in retrospect of your own kind of yeah. journey to bridge the gap of where you were versus where you wanted to go, what other things do you feel like you were you were shooting in your life? Ah, everything. <laughs> I mean, I just like there there has been a lot. Like and I will say like 2023 as a whole has been like such a reflective year for me to really like figure out who I am and like what I need and all that. So there's been a lot throughout, but I would say like the morning routine is one. Another one is like trying to dip my hand into way too many pots when it comes to exercise. I was like, cause I have a great CrossFit community um, here where we live and I love the people, but doing the classes doesn't really serve me right now. So I've been like trying to squeeze a couple of those in and like, that's just like, a lot of energy to get myself going on one of those um, versus just lifting and just, I've been enjoying lifting again. So just leaning into that um, and balancing that with wanting to get back into sports, wanting to do some running. Like I was just like trying to do everything all at once when really I needed a narrower focus. So that's another one, especially with just the goal at hand is fat loss. I am in a fat loss phase now, finally successfully doing so. Um, and so really needing to lean into being focused there and eliminate distractions. I would say another one is the shoulds of work-life boundaries. So like I was like, I have to take the weekends completely off because I'm married and I want to make time for my husband, this and that. But the should was making me essentially like I would wake up on Saturday and Sunday incredibly anxious because I was like, there's all this stuff that's not getting done. I'm like, Duh, right. And 
what Aaron finally told me, and like, this was from feedback, like not even from within myself, like I wasn't even able to get to that conclusion on my own, but he was like, I would rather you just like work for two hours on a Saturday so you could be present for the rest of the day than like be this like zoned out anxious version of yourself. And I was like, oh, light bulbs, right? So like creating a daily like work routine, having like work-life boundaries that work for me. Like, um, so that was another big one. And yeah, I mean, in a lot of areas, that's what comes to mind though. No. And I appreciate that. And that's one of the things that I also kind of rebel against. It's like, no wonder people are so burnt out. You're trying to cram seven days of work into five days. You're, you're working past like your, your normal obligated hours. And then you're told you're supposed to rest because it's not healthy to work weekends. I'm like, what would be unhealthy for me would be trying to cram seven days of work into five and then telling myself I have to rest when I don't want to rest. It's like, and so just thinking it through, I'm like, okay, well, I'd rather break it over seven days and do the work that I want to do because that's why we do this in the first place. And then allow myself to move through that at my own pace. Right. And so I think just giving yourself permission not to conform, it's like the best, best piece of permission you can give yourself. Um, but the other thing that you said is focus. And I think one of the big things that I always talk about is like, you can do anything, but you can't do everything all at once. And so it's like trying to trying to excel in multiple places at one given point is unrealistic for most people because you only have so much energy to give, which is why I don't believe in balance. People get offended by that, but it's fundamentally true. And so when you had to pick your focus, right, there's obviously many different paths that you can pick. And so you have to choose the one in which, you know, the pain, suffering, and the time commitments are meaningful enough that regardless of where the pendulum swings, you're going to continue to stick to it. That's the whole point is like knowing why you're doing it, because if you have a strong enough why, you can bear any how. But whenever you pick a path, you also are saying no to a lot of other things. And so you have to pick which regrets you can live with. And so when it came to selecting the focal point for which you were going to set your sights on, how did you go about making that decision? And did you have any second thoughts about that? Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, so this is a great one because I actually have a little bit of a framework for this. Um, and it's not my own. I actually got it from my coach and I think your coach too. Um, Cody? From Cody. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. He said this on a podcast once. Couldn't tell you what episode. Would not be able to go find it again. Um, but basically he was talking about how he kind of compartmentalizes his focus. And I really like took that and adopted it because you're right. Like you just can't, you can't do it all all at the same time. So basically there's like four quadrants per se to like your life. So one of the big ones is spirituality, your health, your career, and your relationships. So those are the four big kind of big rocks there. And he says, he basically said that each quarter he has a focus on two of the four, not that the other two are just like, see ya, you know, but the other two are just like, if you, if push comes to shove on something, that's where you make the decision. And so like, for me, I think that they're like, I'm, I'm definitely just the type of person that is going to want to do all four all the time. And like, I want to work on my faith. I want to work on my marriage. I want to work on this. I want to work on that. But I had to really ask myself, like, what season is this? And like being okay with, like you said, just letting the other things not necessarily slip, but just not be like the utmost priority. And it came down to like asking myself, like, what is like, what could just like maintain right now? Like what could be like fine? And like, thankfully I'm in a super healthy, loving, amazing marriage. And Aaron doesn't require work. Like we're not like working on things like super actively, like we're not in couples therapy or like something, right. If, if something were to go wrong, I'd shift that focus immediately, but it's good. Like he's happy. I'm happy. He wants me to focus on this stuff so I can be happy with myself. So that was one that we basically said, like, that's not one of the top two quarters. And then spirituality, I feel like this is always a work in progress, but like I hit a stride with it where it's like, I have my routine with it. I'm, I know that my faith is just going to grow through that. So I'm not going to like add more pieces to the puzzle there. So then it was really just the health and the, and the career that allows me to stay focused with like push comes to shove. 
I need to make a decision crunched on time or, you know, we're down to the wire, then I can make a choice between one of those two things. And it's just a season where like, I'm going to say, you know, do the workout, even if you don't feel like it rather than, you know, give yourself grace and go relax with your husband. Right. So there's like those two things that kind of go back and forth with each other, if that makes sense. Yeah, no. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that people struggle with is again, like the gap between intention and action. It's like, my intention is to go work out, but I had a shit day. So I feel like I should give myself grace and like not go work out. But the problem with that is once you make an excuse, you can perpetuate it. And so it's like, oh, I had another bad day. Like, and, and again, I'm, the way that I'm wired, I would say is probably not functional for most people. And I, I totally accept that because I think one thing that I'm very good at is forcing myself to do things I don't want to do. And so if, if I can, my expectation of a day is that it will be hard every day. And so if I walk into the day and it's hard, it's like, that's baseline. (laughs) You expected that. So it's fine, right? It's not, it's not anything that shakes me emotionally. It's not anything that shakes me psychologically. And so when things are great and they just happen and I have so much more gratitude because I'm like, I didn't expect it to go that way. I didn't expect that to happen today. I didn't expect that encounter. I didn't expect that client. Like I didn't expect any of that stuff. Right. And so one of the things is like definitely not having expectations on the other side of something. I think a lot of people focus on expectation of outcome versus expectation of self and commitment to endeavor. And if you can double down on your commitment and expectation of self, the outcome is inevitable. Like I wish more people would focus on that. And then the other thing is knowing and having the discernment between when am I making an excuse and when does my, when does my intention or focus actually need to shift? Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious on, because you've broken it down into these four categories, which I, which I very much agree with. And and I've heard that before. I actually think um, this isn't a book that I've read. So I wonder if it might not actually be Cody's either. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think he took that from somebody um, because I've definitely read health, wealth, relationships, and spirituality because spirituality can fall under health on some, to some degree. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to knowing when to pivot, I guess my first question would be, have you had to pivot? And if so, right. Cause you said, if something happened in my marriage, I would totally shift gears. And that Mm -hmm. was like an immediate, like easy decision. Like, so you also, well, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to answer that. I want to say, how do you know that? Uh, which part? How do you know when to pivot mm-hmm. when it's necessary to pivot? And like I said, the kind of the discernment for your easy decision of like, if something were to happen in my marriage, I'd, I'd easy, I'd put something else on the back burner. Yeah. Well, I think for the latter, the first thing that comes to mind is like, I mean, the most important thing in the world is like my marriage and like under under god like (laughs) everything like the hierarchy is like god first marriage second probably business and health somewhere tied in the middle under that but it's like if really push came to shove like life or death or like really tough shit then like that would be what is truly most important so i think you just have to know like your core values at the at the root of it to be able to like know when to pivot right because if my core values were that like my business is the top, top priority over anything, then if push came to shove, like I might be getting a divorce. Right. (laughs) So I think that's where that discernment comes in is just like, what is truly the hierarchy in your heart for your life and what do you live by? Um, So those would be the values that I have and how I would rank those. And then, so you can, you know, prioritize the things that are lower for periods of time, but it's like, if push came to shove, you would switch that. Um, and then the first question, have I pivoted? When do I know? How do I know when to pivot? Um, I would honestly say at least right now, I would say it was less of a pivot and more of a double down and focus. Mm -hmm. So like, it was more of like a shave off expectations to do it all. Mm -hmm. And, really lean into those two pillars of the, of my life right now. So, um, there wasn't really a direction change. Like I said, I was trying to do fat loss phases all year. Um, (laughs) so I was just on and off and on and off. And I think the, the time came where I was just fed up enough to where I was ready to follow through for myself. And I understood, I think the only thing that it really came down to 
was having a firm understanding of how much it was impacting every other area of my life and my confidence and knowing that I couldn't truly continue like that and grow the business that I want to have, have the marriage that I want to have, have anything else that I want to have, because that was the biggest bottleneck or constraint at the time. So I I love that. And you are absolutely spot on. I was going to say the way that you know when to pivot and how to pivot is based on your your priorities in your life and knowing what you find meaning and value in. And obviously, if the things at the top of the hierarchy are okay and everything is good there, then you can start to utilize some of the excess energy that you have and put it into something else that you can pursue. But if at any given point, anything at the top started to crumble, you'd have to put the energy back up there, right? And so I think it's that. Um, and then the other thing that you mentioned is is finding finding focus and removing pressure. And so one thing I think is really important and one thing that really helped me was understanding that every ounce of pressure that I feel is self-inflicted. Nobody cares how well I perform. Nobody gives a fuck how many things I create that day. Nobody cares how many clients we just brought into the business today. Like nobody cares, literally nobody. And so then I had to reevaluate, well, why am I putting so much pressure on myself? And is that pressure helping me or is it harming me? Right? Because pressure is not always a bad thing. And a lot of that depends on temperament. But if you know what what you respond best to, that's how you can get yourself to do things that you don't always want to do. And so I've had to learn what is it that will get me to move? Like, what is it that really excites me? What is it that channels my creativity? Yeah. How much pressure and when do I deploy it? Right. Because it's, it's not always necessary. And so I think it's just knowing yourself well enough to know what makes you tick and what, what you find meaning into. Because I think oftentimes people will spend a lot of time pursuing things that they don't really care about in order to achieve an outcome that they want to have, but don't necessarily love the things that they have to pursue in order to achieve it. And the problem with that is, is even if you do achieve it, you won't keep it because it's in the work that manifests the outcome. And so if you can't contain the work and find a system that fits for you to continue to manifest that long-term, that's where the pendulum will swing. And that's where resentment builds for, for people. And this is one thing that I like around kind of when I first met you and the, the group of people that I was immersed into, it was like for the first time, nobody was judging me. It was like, I was cool and everybody was supportive. And I was like, that this feels weird. I, I think I told you that. I was like, this feels <laughs> yeah. so weird. Like you were like, just freaking out the whole time. You're like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, it was so it's a, if you've never been in a room like that, like I, I can only tell you, you should, you should find one. Cause it was for the first time I felt like everybody was just so excited for me. And they didn't even fucking know me. It was so weird. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it was it was interesting. Um, but I think it's one of those things when you get into a place where you know that you are more than enough and there is more than enough, it's like all of that kind of comparison, scarcity, inadequacy, insecurity just diminishes. And it was cool to be in a room like that with other people that thought the same way because I was like, oh, we can talk about that and you're not going to be weird about it and I don't have to be weird about it. And like, everybody's cool here. Um, I don't know where I'm going with that thought, but it was something <laughs> that I, I I had to speak on because I think, again, knowing what you find value in and knowing what you want to chase and the reason you're chasing it because you have enough enjoyment and fulfillment in the process of the pursuit that the long game is inevitable, right? We were talking before we got on here about business and it's like, yeah, I know I'm going to be doing it for the next 10 to 20 years. So like, what, what's the rush? Yeah. Um, and if you can get better by becoming better, by having a focus and knowing what it is that gets you to move in a direction that's positive, right? That can be the thing that manifests that or it increases the speed in which you travel without the pressure of having to travel faster. And I think yeah. that's one of the things that even a lot of clients will miss is they're so focused on what the scale didn't drop, the scale didn't drop. Why did this not happen? Blah, blah, blah. But my jeans are... I'm down four inches and like all these things are happening. I feel great. And like, you know, they just miss all the good shit yeah. and focus on, focus on the one thing that they cannot control happening. And I don't know if you've felt that way when you were trying to do your cuts and stuff of like, I'm trying to control this 
And I'm trying to make this happen, but I'm also trying to control all these other things and make sure that the, the ducks are in a row. And like none of it is actually being controlled to the degree in which I have expected it to be controlled. Yeah, for sure. I think honestly, like the word that keeps like resurfacing when you talk about that is pressure, how much pressure I was putting on myself and like still do, but managing better now and like dosing appropriately, more appropriately, I'll say. Um, but you know, we are really go-getter people. We want to do it all. We want to be super successful in everything that we do. So like the pressure is natural and it's like, um, I think it was a quote that you shared that I reshared recently. And it's like, be careful that when you cast out your demons, you don't accidentally, um, get rid of the best of yourself. Right. Yes. So putting pressure on ourselves is, that Nietzsche? is yeah. 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 Putting pressure it on ourselves is a good thing for the sake that like, that's how we've gotten to where we are. Right. Obviously we, if we were, if we had no pressure, we probably wouldn't have achieved much at all. Um, and so recognizing where it's a really good thing and where it's something that I want to keep doing to an extent, but the extent to which I was doing it was incredibly debilitating. Like, like the weekend anxiety thing, it was a weekend and weekday anxiety thing to where this was like a huge problem until very recently. I had so much of the quote unquote Sunday scaries of like, this is everything, everything that I have to do this week, right? I'm piling up this list of like, this is going to get done and this is going to get done and this is going to get done. And also you're going to do all your workouts, hit all your macros, do all this stuff and be this badass business owner. And you're going to accomplish the world in five days. Right. And because of that, I literally had so much anxiety on Monday morning that I would sleep in until nine, sometimes 10 in the morning because I couldn't get myself out of bed because I was just in that freeze mode of like, there's so much pressure, there's so much anxiety. And if I, I don't want to start because it's too much, right? And I was just overwhelmed. And I battled that honestly, Monday after Monday after Monday. And it wasn't always 10 a.m. Like sometimes it was nine, sometimes it was eight and I wake up every other day at 6.30. So like, that's a big gap, right? And it wasn't because I was sleepy. Like I was waking up and I would go back to bed after being like totally like bright eyed and bushy tailed, just couldn't, couldn't get up. So that was a big one that obviously derails a lot, like productivity at work. Oh, then you work late, then you miss the workout, right? And then you don't follow through on that. And then you beat up on yourself for that. And then there's more pressure for tomorrow. And it's just this awful cycle. So I had to really like, there was a lot of pieces that went into that, like figuring out the weekend thing, right? The boundaries with work and life, but also learning how to deploy that pressure appropriately, right? And being really realistic with how much can get done in a week versus like, I was putting like month long projects on like one week's worth of time because in the past, I just, that's what I did. I just did impossible things really, really fast, but that's not the phase that we're in. And so it was like really just, honestly, the whole thing was just like a process of becoming truly self-aware. Like, I think for a while I like thought I was self-aware, but really just ignorant about a lot of things about myself, like how much pressure there was and how just relentlessly horrible I was to myself when I wasn't meeting those expectations and really no awareness of the self-dialogue, right? And yet I'm having these like super self-aware intellectual conversations with people and boosting my ego when really just not tending to the dialogue and building myself up like I thought I was. So I would say, yeah, that was like a huge part of it was just that the expectations, the perfectionism, the beating up on myself and doing that over and over again until I realized like, actually, like I'm creating this problem and I can stop it by just resetting some expectations, not necessarily lowering pressure, but redirecting it into the right areas. And, um, yeah, just having better systems, like you said at the beginning. Yeah, no. And I love that. And I appreciate you sharing that. Cause I know it's interesting. The kind of mindset game is I've, I've been in it a long time and I've watched it as well and it yeah. continues to grow. But I think one of the problems in there is that not, not everybody knows how to tactically get people to actually cultivate awareness to a point where they can actualize some of that and benefit from the mental masturbation most people spend their time doing. 
when it comes to like self-help and personal growth type shit. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> yeah, and I'm um, and it's 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 just interesting to kind of watch. Um but I think in the first thing I have to say is like that the fact that you just own that is something that I commend you for cuz most people would never say that out loud. But again, that comes to the fact that you have awareness and you can speak on it and you also have released judgment because most people won't say things that they're afraid to be judged by right? But you have no judgment over that part of your life because it's not where you are now. And I think the other thing that's really important that I will commend you for as well is the recognition that, and these are things that I've had to learn in the last two years, right? What got me from A to B was not who I needed to be to get me from B to C, right? And what will get me from C to D is not, you know, what will get me from D to E. And so it's that I used to conquer a month's, a month's amount of stuff in a week, but in order for me to now get us from here to there, I need to be more intentional about giving myself to mo- the month to get it done, not just because speed matters, but because quality matters. And you also can't create to the best that you possibly can if you aren't being the best, not just in actual behavior, but in internal dialogue, right? In that awareness element of it. Because it doesn't matter what you create if it doesn't matter anything to you. It's like that will be the shittiest thing you could have put together ever. It's kind of like trying to mimic somebody that you're not. And that's why it doesn't relate to people because there's these kind of um, subconscious degrees in which we watch somebody do things and we know that it's truly an authentic representation of who they are versus the curation of somebody that they think they want to be in order to embody somebody else into who they are. And I think that once you can give yourself permission to fully and authentically represent who it is that you are, knowing your own flaws and knowing the own thing, the things that, you know, cause you mental midget moments, if you will, like those are all things that make you uniquely you. And the more that you can leverage those things, it only allows people to relate to you more. And so it's interesting to me that the things that we're ashamed to say about ourselves are indeed the things that bring us closer to the people that we want to serve. Um, and so I don't know if you've if you've noticed that, but the next question that I have for you, because I know a lot of coaches will struggle with this, is this, I started a fat loss phase. I stopped a fat loss phase. I started a fat loss phase. I stopped a fat loss phase. I feel like a failure. Am I an imposter? I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm not leading the way that I should, you know, how did you, did you, one, did you experience imposter syndrome or, you know, that kind of language? Um, and, and what helped you overcome that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I a hundred percent had imposter syndrome. I was, and I was pretty vocal about that too. Like when I was like, there were a couple times, there were probably like I don't know, five or six fat loss phases that were attempted until the one that I'm in and actually doing right now. And like, I'm telling you, it was like, like, I wouldn't even like get through like a full day. Like it was, it wasn't even like a true effort and fail. It was like a never really started for half of them. Um, so yeah, that, that was just tough. Cause like normally the progression was like, okay, I'm going to do it in secret. I'm not going to post about it. I'm just going to do my journey because it's for me. And then that didn't work. Okay, well, well, let's post about it, right? Like, let's put a post out. It's like, I'm starting a fat loss phase. You want to know what it's all about, what I'm doing. And then, you know, didn't do that. Oh, shit. People are asking how it's going. Um, Okay, so let's, like, get back on it before anyone notices that I wasn't doing it in the first place. And then uh, flop again. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I was experiencing imposter syndrome for sure because the one thing that we teach people how to do is follow through for themselves <laughs> and do so. And, and we teach people who like really struggle with it and re- like more than me, because my life is still relatively selfish as a whole. Like we don't have kids, like we have a dog, but like that's, that's barely anything. And uh, my husband's super supportive. So like, I don't have to spend a lot of time being selfless for like kids or other things. And that I know is like unrelatable to many, but like I was the fact that I was not following through when we were teaching people who have three kids and work two jobs and maybe they're a single parent and they're doing all this stuff. And I was like, they're doing better than me. Like there are clients right now that have their shit together way more than I do right now, or at least that's what I was telling myself. So yeah, definitely had a lot of imposter syndrome because then I was like, if anyone found out, how I'm treating myself or not treating myself right now. Like, what are they going to think? How are they going to 
view me as their leader. And then it bled into all these other beliefs, like no one's going to want to pay me money. No one's going to want to sign up because of the business things. is going to go down. Nothing. <laughs> it always the way, goes anybody, to the business yeah, is burning down. I was going to say, if anybody here is an entrepreneur that's listening, you know, it, there's never a day. <laughs> things that could go great and you're like, tomorrow's going to burn down. Like it just never, you never have a day where you don't mm-hmm. have that thought, at least in the back of your mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so lots of that. And then how did I get out of it was the second question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I... I really just stopped trying to be so self-reliant of like, you can do it, just push through, just push through. And like the unproductive self-dialogue of like, just work harder, right? Uh, Wasn't working. And so I decided to relieve, strategically relieve pressure off myself by hiring a coach myself. And like, that was honestly the first time that I had hired a coach for fitness in like probably three and a half years. So like it was just a missing piece and that was also contributing to the imposter syndrome because I was like, well, I don't want to hire a coach because at this point, I don't know if I'm going to follow through. And that was really scary because then I was like having a lot of the same fears that like our clients will have, right? Well, I don't want to invest because I'm not sure if I will make this happen, even if I invest in you, right? And so... What I did was I found somebody that I looked up to so much in terms of character that I could not possibly see myself abusing that because like with coaches in the past, it's not that I didn't respect them, but it was like, we got so like close and like hunky dory and like friends and pals that like, I could kind of like justify like, oh, they're not going to think less of me if I, you know, don't show up in this way. Or like they understand that, you know, my life's a little different right now. It's not a priority, whatever. Like there, there would be those like woven in excuses. So I just picked someone that I don't think would ever actually let that slip just based on his character. And because I, I do believe that I, I resonate a lot with the Enneagram three, I want other people's perceptions of me to be very pristine. So I was like, I want him to view me in a really positive light. So I did, I went ahead and I made that investment and that was the start. But then it was like, okay, well now your, your foot's in the door. You're investing money in this. You have your reputation quote unquote on the line. And that was enough to like really get me started with following through. And then, I mean, honestly, once I started with that, it was more of a chain reaction of like, that felt good. Let's do that again. Right. And the momentum builds, but it was really just like the activation energy to get over that hump. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think it's so interesting to me because I'm a strong in anagram three, (laughs) but it's, it's funny to me, not funny. Maybe that's just a filler word. It's interesting to me because like the awareness that you have as far as making sure that you get the approval of other people whose opinions you value is something that can drive you to take action, even though in the end, it's truly actions that you need to do for yourself. And so like one of the things that I've recognized, because I used to really think that way, I used to really want to make sure that I was appeasing people who I had admired. The problem with that was even at their admiration, I was still dissatisfied. And so I had to look into that and I was like, okay, what is that? And truly it was like the hardest approval for me to achieve is actually that of myself. And so the things that get me to move now is like, what will today have to look like in order for it to be satisfying to me? What will I have to do today to be able to lay my head down without that voice in my head going, you fucked up? you know, like, what is it? And so for me, it's, it's been able, it's been able to understand the way that I function in order to make sure that my function is productive and not debilitating. Um, And I think it's, it's also reminding yourself that at the end of the day, whether you win or lose, whether you do the thing or you don't do, while we want our coaches to be proud of us, like I hear this from clients every day, I just want you to be proud of me. I feel like I'm letting you down. I'm like, you're not letting me down. You're letting yourself down when you don't follow through. Like my life doesn't change, but yours can. And so it's like knowing that to be fundamentally true. Again, going back to core values and like what you want to represent and what standards you hold yourself to 
it's like, those are the things that I focus on every day that give me joy and fulfillment and most importantly, peace. Because especially when you're in a business endeavor, there's a lot of pressures and there's a lot of voices and there's a lot of kind of sounding alarms and all this stuff and the shoulds and you musts and how tos and you know, whatever. It's like, well, if I just mute all that shit and I go, okay, well, listen to you. Like, what do you actually want? What are, what is the reason that you're doing this in the first place? Bring it back to the why and just go for the things that challenge you, that force your growth and that allow you to contribute. And then if I can focus on operating from those frames in my day-to-day basis, I'm inevitably going to force myself into discomfort, right? Whether that's through training or education or challenging conversations or mentorship or whatever that might be, like get yourself to an uncomfortable position and like hang there. Like if you can do that over a long enough time horizon, you're going to go from a caterpillar that has no idea what they're doing, just trying to build a fucking cocoon into a butterfly that can independently kind of guide itself to whatever destination it wants to go. And so I think while we can use external motivation as a starting point, as you would say, activation energy, right? I think sustainability long-term has to come through intrinsic motivation of like, why am I doing this? And what would today have to look like? What would my life have to look like in order for it to be satisfying to me? Yeah. Well, like, I feel like that's a really good parallel to like most probably weight loss journeys. Like, do, do we really start because it's like the internal, just like, I want to do what I value and what feels good. It's like, no, like we start because like, we hate what we see in the mirror most of the time. And we just are disgusted with it. Uh, but you can leverage that. Right. And it's, I think it's, you have to be able to discern between like, I know that I'm using that versus thinking that's truly the reason why. So like, for me, it was like building the awareness of, you know what, I'm not doing it for me right now. So like, I'm going to hire this coach that like, I know that like, at least my Enneagram three part of me will push me to get started and I'll, you know, make him happy. And then therefore it'll make me happy. And then I knew that by the time I got like some momentum going, it'd be more for me and it has become much more for me. Right. And so I think the same happens with like the weight loss journey. It's like you start because you hate what you see in the mirror or you're just like just so totally disgusted with where you're at. And that's such an external motivator. Maybe you want your husband to look at you differently, or maybe you, you know, want to be more respected at work for the way that you look, or maybe something very external. Right. And maybe you have those similar drivers, but it's like, you can't sustain that. You have to keep going on something that is internally driven. I think the whole journey is going from, it's like a slow progression of external to internal, right? It's like you start out there and like, the why, the core, the driver, like slowly just moves into your heart and your values and um, what you value and who you want to be. And then you can really have that. I mean, that's where the permanent aspect comes in. It's like, then you're driven by yourself, right? Yeah. And like outside of, yeah, I think we have a lot of similar philosophies. We just use different language. Like you would use permanent, I would say freedom, right? Because I hate to see women shackled by their insecurities or the shoulds and the musts and the have tos and you're not enough and you could be enough. Like, you know, all that we say that, you know, getting to getting to tracking or whatever, losing weight is like liberating, but it's like, it's not liberating when they're fixated to numbers and tools and scales and stuff. Like we just changed the prison cell in which they were functioning and it's still not freedom. And so like knowing, knowing what it is that propels you to move forward. And again, most people will start with something outside of themselves that motivates them. Some people I will say are, are motivated intrinsically. Right. And I think it's because for whatever reason they mature at a much younger age, maybe life circumstance, maybe environmental factors, whatever that might be. Um, but it's, it's like people working enough to provide for people that they love. It's like, well, I don't need shit, but you need shit. And so if we, you need shit, I'm going to make sure you get shit. Right. And so it's, it's, but it's, it's this interesting game is it's the matrix of knowing this is going to sound, this will probably trigger people, but it's knowing intrinsically that you aren't enough. Like you aren't good enough as you are, right? You could be better. Maybe that's a better way to say it. It's like, you are not all that you could be and you know it. And I think again, it, it comes down to like the hardest approval of, for many people to gain is that of themselves. Because if you know you aren't all that you could be and you're choosing not to take the actions that would get you there, it's like, who else can you be mad at about that? Right. And so maybe it's ignorance. Maybe you don't know how, or maybe you do know how, and you just don't have the courage to start. Cause what if you fail? 
Right. And so then you can get into a lot of the psychology that happens with that. But the other thing that I think you said that, which is super fucking important in this, it could be fitness. It could be business. It could be relationships. It could be whatever. It's like you attract what you are. Right. And so by you putting yourself first, by you having the courage to invest in people, like you talked about, people are afraid to invest in me, but I'm afraid to invest in things. And it's like, you'll see that it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's like, if you can be courageous, right? If you can be brave, if you can say, you know, if I'm betting on anybody, I bet on myself. Like that is my whole life's philosophy. It's like, I don't know where the cards are going to fall. I can filter through through my frameworks of decision-making. I can go, what can I live with? I can make that choice. I can bet on myself and see what happens. It's like while focusing on the actual process of the step-by-step things you need to do on a daily basis, not on the outcome in which you want to experience, because inevitably, if you follow that path long enough, you'll get to where you want to go. It's like, that should be the expectation and that should be the focus. It's like anything outside of that is just a temptation and you have to know what to say no to, which I think is really difficult for most people. Um, but I want to, I want to end with, with where you are now and kind of what this experience has taught you and what you've learned from going through it that you want to be able to carry forward. Well, I think the biggest thing is that like, I would say I'm still very much going through it and doing the learning as we speak. Um, I by no means am sharing any of this from a place of having arrived because I think just enough trial and error to this point has told me like, you're missing, you're always missing something. Like there's always more that you could be doing, learning, being, and, you know, I could talk right now about all these awesome things that I've learned, but like three months from now, I might be you know, looking at things from a totally different perspective. So I think it was just like the realization of that, of like, okay, like, why are we in a rush if the journey is infinite, right? Your health is the infinite game. You've probably talked about that before where you're, there's no end. You just keep being healthy. You just keep improving yourself. Like there's no end date or point to that. And thinking that there is, is just confusing. Um, So I think that's probably the biggest thing that like, I'm still working through it. It's a lot better now than it was like three months ago. I feel proud of myself again. I feel like I understand how much this stuff ties in and ties together, how how interwoven like your personal health is with every other aspect of your life. Because that was the real that was the thing that really like ate at me was the like, oh, like I'm afraid to fail. I'm afraid to bet on myself. And I was like, who am I? that's not me. Like I've always been the person that's like, you bet on anyone, bet on me. Cause like, I'm the capable one. I'm the one who will figure it out. And I like lost sight of that identity a little bit. So I have that back. Like I, I can count on myself. Like, do I have perfect weeks? No. Like this past week was a little rough. I got a little loosey goosey over the weekend and I was like, ah, kind of beaten up on myself over it, but that's part of the journey. Right. So, um, And I had the humility to stay accountable and actually admit that. And now I'm able to come back a lot stronger from it. So now I would say I'm in a place where actually this is probably a good cliffhanger to end on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would say now I'm in a place where I've been bumping up against the next glass ceiling of my kind of upper limit. So have you read The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks? Oh, yeah. I read that a couple of years ago. I think uh, Sam Miller recommended that to me. Yeah. One of my favorite books. Like 2020. Yeah. Ever. So I'm bumping up against my next upper limit ceiling, which is like the next, like if putting a number to it, it's the next weight plateau. But Mm. the reality of it is, is it's not a weight plateau. It's a threshold that I have not passed in over five years because I have not been the person that was able to achieve that. I did not exhibit the behaviors consistently enough. And the lifestyle that I was willing to accept was one of lots of flexibility and not necessarily just excuses. I don't want to label it like that, but like just not prioritizing the level of discipline that I'm looking for now. So the next phase is fully committing, like not just like dancing around like, okay, I'm hitting my macros five out of seven days per week. And like, you know, half tracking on the weekends and, you know, hitting my training, but like not giving it my all every time, like we're on the cusp of like, okay, now it's time to like fully commit. And it's not a contest prep, but you better damn treat it like one if you want to get to where you want to go. And just being flexible in the ways you can't in a contest prep, like it's not going to be like that level of neuroticism, but 
full commitment is like the next thing that I have not come close to breaching in many, many years um, with my fitness. And it's sort of symbolic. It's like, I'm seeing it ahead and I'm like, so what happens when I break this threshold? Do, am I going to feel any different when I break the number on the scale? No, absolutely not. But what it is going to show me is that I'm capable of more than I once was. And that's what it's symbolic of, of like, this is the next phase of my journey and my growth as an individual, as a business owner, as a capable person and showing myself that I can be this business owner, have all this stuff on my plate and take my fitness into the next level beyond this threshold that I've never been able to break past before is like, okay, well then what else can you do? Right. And then what else can you do? And what else can you do? And I, I just like feel that there's like so much growth beyond that. So yeah, that's where we are now. So stay tuned. Come back for the next episode. An amazing cliffhanger to leave on. Thank you so much, Marissa. I'll leave her links in the comments, guys. Uh, and I'll see you guys next week.